0: Thank you for choosing this podcast for the BJSM community. I'm Daniel Friedman, and I'm a member of the BJSM editorial team. On this podcast, I had the privilege of speaking with Professor Fiona Bull, the mastermind behind the WHO's Global Action Plan on Physical Activity that was launched in 2018. Professor Bull is one of the world's leading experts on all things physical activity and public health, and we were very fortunate to have her on the podcast again. Let's dive straight into the conversation. Professor Bull, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Your recent paper in The Lancet that pulled data from nearly 2 million people across 168 countries revealed that over a quarter of the population are now considered to be physically inactive. Could you start by sharing with our listeners a little bit more about the study and explain its key findings?
1: Yes, well, thank you. This this paper was an important paper because uh, we've been using somewhat old data on physical activity now for nearly a decade. So WHO and colleagues worked with all the data available on physical activity in adults to look at current trends and, most importantly, look at the changes in levels of physical activity since 2001. There are about three or four key highlights. Firstly, as you've said, one in four adults are inactive. But that varies around the world and it can be as high as 70% in some countries. One third of countries have a prevalence of over one third of adults. One in three adults not being active enough. Another key finding is the difference between men and women. Women are less active than men. On average, 8%, but it can vary and can reach up to 20% in countries. That's a big difference. 20% difference between levels of physical activity between men and women. The third key finding is the differences we're seeing between the levels of economic development between countries. Highly developed countries have got high levels of physical inactivity. The least active is the high-income countries, and the low-income countries are more active. And what we're seeing is the transition as countries develop through middle-income to high-income, levels of physical activity decline. So all of these issues are major concerns. Differences between men and women, differences over time, and the overall level of current participation, one in four adults.
0: Is there any good news in all of this?
1: Yes, well, I mean, if we look at the data and it does seem to paint a rather depressing picture, however, if we stop and think, this is where we are because of what we've done. If we hadn't been doing some of the promotion of physical activity in countries, promoting awareness and making sure countries are really working to increase physical activity, what would the data have shown us? So one way of looking at this data is that some countries are actually holding the decline that the plateau that we've seen over the last 20, 15, 20 years is actually better news than it might first seem. However, I think we need to take the main message, and the main message is more people can benefit, the health benefits, social benefits, and physical benefits from being more active.
0: What are some of the causes of physical inactivity and these trends that we have seen over the past 16 years?
1: Well, it's a very good question. And the trends show us, and the studies which have investigated the trends and patterns at the individual level, we know it's about motivation, we know it's about opportunity, we know it's about safety and access, and being able to afford to participate in physical activity in different ways. And we see it then at the uh, country level, where we see the changes in how we uh, move around and transportation, more driving, less walking and cycling, the ways we spend our time in recreation and leisure, more people doing sedentary pursuits, less participation in sports in many countries, and of course the changes in the workplace. We're using technologies, computers, laptops, so much more frequently, we're less active at work. When you add these three things together, changes in work, changes in leisure, changes in transport, we're seeing the changes in levels of physical activity.
0: You mentioned safety and cost before, could you speak a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, well this is one of the areas of most recent new research which we incorporated into the Global Action Plan and that is the environmental determinants of physical activity. People are more active when they have access to parks, green space, safe environment to walk and cycle. So providing those opportunities is really important. And a key thing is that that's going to be working with sectors outside of health to improve our community design, make sure we have good parks that have got the right amenities well maintained. But some of the ways to be active, of course, can cost money. So swimming pools, sports clubs participation, even equipment. So some people least active and the uh, most disadvantaged communities don't necessarily have affordable opportunities. And so looking at the environment and looking to provide appropriate and affordable opportunities is a key way we're going to increase physical activity.
0: In addition to already delivering the Global Action Plan on physical activity, what is the WHO doing to support countries increase levels of physical activity?
1: Well, since the launch in June of the Global Action Plan on Physical Activity, WHO is responding to the first request from countries, and that is for development of tools to help implementation. Your audience might remember that the Global Action Plan presents a whole systems approach. The systems approach means that there are many different ways, and many different ways needed, to promote physical activity across different settings, different sectors, And different ways to be active. But each country needs to put together a national action plan. And so, one of the first recommendations and actions we've done at WHO is to launch a toolkit to help countries start. We launched this in October at the International Conference of Physical Activity and Health in London. And that toolkit provides countries with three clear steps develop a national action plan. Bring together the multi stakeholders and identify which of the intervention areas are going to be most appropriate in each country. We're following up that active technical package with the specific guidance of how to implement each one of the areas recommended. For example, the primary healthcare setting is really important because there are everyday opportunities to promote and remind patients about the importance of physical activity. And we need, and WHO has been asked, to provide the specific guidance, recommendations on how that can take place in clinical practice. So we're in the process of developing that tool. It's well advanced and we'll be launching it in 2019. And it will be suitable for all countries to review, adapt and then implement to implement the active toolkit and specifically the primary primary promotion of physical activity in healthcare settings will require the full engagement of sport and exercise, medical practitioners, uh, nurses and the allied health sector so that we can have every opportunities to promote to patients the value of physical activity, assess their level of physical activity, provide advice, referral where it's appropriate and follow up. These are very clear, practical things which we're hoping all medical practitioners and healthcare workers will adopt and incorporate into daily practice according to their context. It would make a tremendous difference. We know it's a good buy. We know it's cost-effective.
0: Could we talk about what's actually in the toolkit? What purpose would the toolkit serve for the medical community?
1: Well, the toolkit works at two levels. Firstly, it speaks to the uh, government ministries of health, providing them the background to why this is an important area of intervention. And that's important because it means that governments will uh, look at healthcare systems and identify how primary prevention on the NCD risk factors, such as physical activity, can be incorporated into current practical day-to-day care. So the second level of the toolkit is that it provides very practical advice to clinicians and healthcare practitioners on how to counsel, assess and advise patients on physical activity. We would like and recommend that physical activity is assessed in all opportunities so that patients are reminded and given support to be active on a regular basis. Many clinicians may know and have been, had received training on counselling of physical activity. We've taken the best available knowledge and put it into a short toolkit so that everyone can learn how to do this. So the toolkit had two purposes, guide governments on how to initiate this area of intervention, and then guide and support the clinicians and the colleges and associations to implement this action.
0: And besides actually speaking to patients about their physical activity levels and working out how they can increase them, what else will this toolkit talk about what does it recommend or what will it recommend for sport and exercise medicine clinicians in particular to do to play their part?
1: Well, apart from the one-on-one patient interactions where it's very important that physical activity is recommended, the toolkit guides to the other aspects of promoting physical activity. The Counselling with a patient will not happen unless there's adequate training of our health professionals. So pre-service and in-service training. This is where colleges and associations will play a vital part so that we have access to the relevant training for professionals around the world. In addition, the data systems need improving. We need to have a way to record and follow up on patients' physical activity. These systems don't exist in most healthcare data records. So we need to change some of the systems, the information systems. We need to make sure the training is there. And thirdly, we need a lot of advocacy because these things will require some effort and changing the current business as usual and so we'll need advocacy and there's no better advocate than the sport and exercise clinicians because they know the value of physical activity and the importance of being active across the lifestyle a life course so advocacy can be at multiple levels individuals can be very strong advocates in the community talking about the um, safety, the parks, the urban design, some of those issues I mentioned earlier to your questions, but also the position statements, the official position statements that colleges and associations have. If the medical community don't think it's important and tell us that it's important, why should anyone else be doing this? So it's very important, just like we've seen in tobacco and we've seen the medical community being very vocal uh, in the air pollution area, We need to bring that voice and that momentum of all healthcare professionals behind promoting physical activity.
0: Before we let you go, could you provide our listeners with three really practical takeaway points as to what they can do to help increase levels of physical activity in their communities?
1: Certainly. Well, first and foremost... Look for every opportunity to um, ask patients about their level of physical activity, assess it and give advice on how to maintain or increase their levels of physical activity. Secondly, be an advocate. These data are a real wake-up call to all of us and we need more strong advocacy about the need to really look at how uh, physical activity can be incorporated into everyone's day, everyone's lifestyles. And the medical community, the health professionals community are very important advocates in this area. And the third practical uh, aspect that everyone can do is look in the communities and look at how we can improve local communities to be more supportive of activity and speak up, whether it's the quality of the pavements, the availability of bike storage areas, the quality of the parks. Look in your local community and see what differences you could lead. And those three areas would be a tremendous contribution to promoting a more active world.
0: Professor Bull, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much for your time. If our listeners would like to find out more about the WHO's work, the Global Action Plan or Active Technical Package, where should they go?
1: Go to the WHO website and look for Let's Be Active and underneath that webpage you'll find all the information.
0: You've been listening to a BJSM podcast with Professor Fiona Bull. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with friends or leave us a comment and connect through our social media channels. You can also follow All Things BJSM via our app, where you can find more podcasts, our latest articles, and other content. As always, we hope you have a physically active day.